Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. Hello, this is Adam Carswell, the host of Dream Chasers, and you're tuned in to the How Do They Do It Real Estate Podcast. If you like this show, first of all, you have phenomenal taste. Second of all, if you want to listen to another next level show like this, just click our link in the description and smash that subscribe button. It would be an honor for us to enrich your mind, body, and soul as well. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today, our guest is April Crosley, and she is the founder of Lazy Girl CREI and Crosley Property Group, and she was a teenage mom, a millionaire wealth grower, RV lifer, and on a mission to grow wealth and change lives. So April, you have a fantastic background. You've persevered. You've built up a fantastic business, grown a huge network. So we really want to hear about your story and how you've been able to build that from the ground up. So welcome to the show. And thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So April, let's start off by if you can share a little bit about your background and how did you come up with entering into the real estate space? Sure. So I knew nothing about real estate until I met my now husband years ago and picked up a book that he was reading. We were actually on vacation somewhere and I was bored and I picked up this book called The One Minute Millionaire. And I started reading it and I was like absolutely fascinated by it. So my, I went to school for, to get my bachelor's degree in biology. So I worked in healthcare in a hospital as a respiratory therapist. So I worked in like trauma and intensive care and was going the whole healthcare route and wanted to be the CEO of a hospital. I was in school for my master's degree and I knew nothing about real estate. I was renting the house. I was living in with my son when I met my now husband. And he was like, why do you rent this house? And I was like, why wouldn't I rent a house? I run a house so I can live on my own. I've been running this house for years. And he's like, you you have a good job in healthcare. You should buy a house. I'm like, why would someone buy a house? I literally knew nothing. He had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, had like three small rental properties in our inner city. So he was kind of just dabbling in it on the side. And I picked up this book out of boredom and started reading it and was just in shock. Like I'd never heard of this stuff. Like you buy a house, you put a tenant in it, they pay off your mortgage, you keep the equity. And I remember saying to him, so they'll pay it off and I can sell it and I keep the money. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, why would somebody do that? And he's like, you are doing that. You're doing that now with your landlord. And I was, I couldn't even connect the dots. Like that's how financially uneducated I was. So after reading that book, I actually dropped out program because I was like, this is fascinating. Like I just became captivated by this book. And then I started finding more books and more books. And we went to one of those free three-day event things and learned more and more and more. And I was just in awe. So I dropped out of my master's program. We signed up for like some real estate coaching program. This was back probably in like 2003. And then we flipped our first house on a joint venture in 2004 because we had no idea what we were doing. So a wholesaler brought us a house and we were like, this deal looks really good, but we have no money. (laughs) So the wholesaler brought it to me. I took it to my husband and my husband's like, it looks good, but we have no money. And I'm like, 
who do we know that has money? So my husband knew someone that was flipping and he went to them and that guy was like, yeah, this deal looks great. Do you want to do it together? And we were like, sure. We had no clue. So we partnered up, we put in sweat equity. He brought a private money lender. That was how I learned about private money. And the rest was history. Like from there, we started, his private money lender reached out to us about utilize us doing more deals and utilizing his money. And we just ended up just like running with this flipping business. And then I don't know, it's a long story. Like come, we were still like working full time. And then by 2013, I was like, I'm making as much money flipping houses. I'm actually making more than what I'm making working in healthcare. And healthcare is a pretty grueling job. So I left my healthcare career and decided to just go after real estate full time. Wow. So I want to go back to it really quick because you had talked about your master's degree. And after you had read this book that you picked up from your husband, it was One Minute Millionaire, was it? Yeah. And I mean, that's a big decision to just drop out and to focus on real estate. So what was about it that really liked and really gave you that leap of faith to take such a big move? Yeah. So I think it was, so my mom worked in healthcare and she was very successful and published articles in magazines and was right below the level of the CEO of the hospital. So I was like, I'm going to be the CEO of a hospital. I was on track in my master's program. That's what I was going to do. I was shadowing the CEO of a hospital. Like this is what I wanted. And after reading this book, I felt like I kind of had this different perspective of, wow, I can work until I'm 65 years old and I can put money into my master's program, or I can put money into learning more about real estate and I can possibly not have to work until I'm 65. So all I saw was like, I could stop working before I'm 65. If I invest in real estate, it could have been, I could have retired when I was 55 and I probably would have been so happy that I didn't go till I was 65, but I ended up retiring from healthcare, retiring from healthcare into real estate when I was 35. I think it was just the whole like, wow, I don't have to work like this for the rest of my life. Cause even when I was a respiratory therapist, I remember working with other people in the hospital that were in their fifties and sixties. And I remember thinking, how are they doing this? I mean, we, carried phones and pagers. We didn't work on one floor. Like we were running to traumas, running all over the hospital and running up and down the steps. I'm like, how do people do this when they're 50 and 60 years old? I can't foresee myself running ragged like this, not eating meals, hardly having time to go to the bathroom. I was like, this is not, this is not a life I want to have when I'm 50 or 60. So that's kind of what pushed me to just say, I'm going to learn more about real estate and just see where it takes me. Yeah. And it's taking you quite some place. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a great ride. (laughs) (laughs) And so after that first flip that you guys had done between you and your husband, and so you were able to bring in a joint venture partner and partnered on with an equity partner on this deal here. What was the biggest lesson that you learned doing that first flip that you took to your next deals? So the biggest lesson from the first flip was I don't need my own money. I feel like even when we started learning about real estate, there was still this missing piece from the people we were being taught by, which was how uh, they were kind of like, just find the deal and the money comes, but they wouldn't ever really explain like how the money would come. So when we started this deal with this partner, we thought it was his money that he was bringing and we were bringing the deal. And at the end of the deal, you know, everyone gets paid out on the HUD. 
and we see someone else's name on there. And this guy keeps talking about this other guy and getting his check and his money. And I'm like, under who is this person? Like, I we this person didn't help on this job at all. And then it was explained to me, like, this guy's the guy that brings all the money. He doesn't want to see the house. He doesn't want anything to do with it. I was like, wait a minute. So you partnered with us and it wasn't even your money. You basically just like raised money from another person to bring to the deal. That was eye opening to me because I was like, always thought I had to either have be partners with someone that had money, which I thought this guy did, or have my own money. And it's neither of those things. You just have to know people that want to invest their money. And the guy that invested his money, he was like older. He's a senior citizen. He wanted to golf all day. He just wanted his money to make money. He didn't like care at all about real estate at all. Yeah. And so for you guys being your first flip and not really knowing too much about real estate, how did you know what the next steps were as you were flipping the houses, you were doing the renovations, acquiring the loans on the property and everything like that, the entire project itself, how did you know what the next steps were to be able to be successful at the end? I don't think you do. (laughs) I'm one of those people that I don't figure it all out. I just jump and I build my parachute on the way down. I really learn hands-on, like I have to jump in, but I also know I'm one of those people that my risk tolerance is fairly low. So I'm not going to take on a high risk, but I'm also going to do whatever it takes to get the job done. So on the first flip, the guy we partnered with was very experienced. And he was like, I want you to learn as much as you can. Ask me any questions you want, learn as much as you can. So that when you go on to the next one, you can bring it to me or you can do it by yourself, but I want you to learn as much as you can. But then when you buy the next one and you're finding your own contractors and trying to learn how to work with those contractors, honestly, and I see back when I was doing it back in 2004, things weren't as accessible as they are now. Like now you have social media and a ton of meetups and lots of like connections you can make. It was a little more difficult. So there was a lot of fumbling through and some hard lessons. And a lot of, ooh, I probably shouldn't have purchased it for this price. So now I'm going to spend every waking hour I have painting the walls. So I would like be painting a house during the day. And then at two in the afternoon, I would be showering, throwing on scrubs and going to work an eight to 10 hour shift in the hospital at night. One of those just like you got to do what you have to do to get it done because you're learning lessons the hard way kind of things. So what did you do as you were building up to be able to retire from your healthcare career? What were the activities that you were doing that entire time to be building up your business, networking, you know, getting and closing on the deals, partnering with other people? What what were some of the things that you were doing? Yeah. So I started a meetup group in my area because I was traveling to a meetup group that was about an hour and a half away from where I lived. And I would go every month. I never wanted to go, but I would always go because I would always learn something and always meet people. But there wasn't a good real estate group in my area. So I was like, well, there isn't a good one. So I'm just going to start one. And then people smarter than me will come and they can speak at my group and they can teach people. And that's exactly what happened. I would started the group. And then meetup.com, like put an email out to all these people interested in real estate and people started coming and we all just started learning from each other, which was awesome. So networking was big and just marketing consistently, like sending mail consistently. So there'd be times I'd be working at the hospital. And if I got a lunch break or we had a slow shift, I was folding letters and stuffing envelopes and 
people I worked with would be like, oh, you should come down to the cafeteria and sit with us and we can talk. And I'm like, I don't have time. I have to stuff envelopes. And then it got to the point that the girls that I worked with would be like, do you want help stuffing envelopes? Like while we sit here and talk and I'd be like, yeah, that would be great. And I was folding my own letters and stuffing my own envelopes, but I always did my marketing. And even now, like once your marketing dies, if your marketing dies, no matter what avenue you do it, social media, LinkedIn, direct mail, whatever, if your marketing dies, your business dies. Like your marketing can never stop. If my marketing stops, it can set me back months in my business if I miss one week of marketing. So I just was consistently marketing. So what does marketing mean to you? Because people have different definitions of marketing and then what it looks like and outside of real estate as well. So for you, what did that look like? So for me, I was really into, and I'm still really into buying direct from the seller. I don't, I never really looked at properties on the market or auction or anything like that. I just always wanted to buy direct from the seller. So it was a lot of pulling lists, sending mail, and then eventually in like 2014, starting a website, doing SEO, didn't really, still didn't do a lot of social media, but would post our before and after pictures of our flips on social media, kind of getting the word out that we were buying houses. So just a lot of stuff like that. Now it's, yeah, you can get so far in the weeds with marketing. And I know, I think you had done an interview with someone this past week or this past month about like marketing and SEO and things like that. And it's fascinating. Like it really is what makes everything tick and you can just keep adding marketing channels to your business. Yeah. It's funny because getting into the real estate side of things, you don't really expect that it's going to be a relationship building and also marketing type of business until you're actually in it. Yeah. And I tell that to people too. I'm like, if you think you're in the business of, we buy a bunch of other stuff now other than houses, but I'm like, if you think you're in the business of loving, if you love houses and design, and you think this is like HGTV and that's what the business is, you are sadly mistaken. I don't even like houses. I tell people that all the time from the time I got into the business, I'm like, I don't care. I can't even match my clothes, let alone match the paint to the flooring to, I can't do that. I'm just not, I don't have that gift. I'm not creative like that. I don't like houses. For me, it's always been very black and white. I'm buying the house at this. These are my reno costs. This is what the house is going to net me in the end. Here's where I need to be. Here's how many flips I have to do a year to get out of my job. I never loved houses, never get emotionally attached. Like I can walk into a house and be like, okay, looks great. Let's rip up the floors, do this, that. And people will be like, I love the design. I love the architecture. I love this. I love that. And I'm like, I don't, okay, great. Like, let's get this project rolling. Like, let's go. So I definitely never got into the business because I loved real estate. I just love what real estate can do for you in your life. That's what I love. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. 
Was there ever a time as you were building up your entrepreneur business, real estate, that you had a mistake or something that you, like a big lesson that you had learned that you had taken away from that experience? Oh, that is a great question. I mean, I've had a lot of like hard lessons that have pushed me to grow on the landlord side, just kind of like difficult tenant lessons and things that I'm like, oh, I should not have done that or I'll never do that again. We tried to do like a lease to own or some creative like tenant strategy one time and that fell flat and we hired an attorney to do the whole thing and it still fell flat. We lost a lot of money on that one. And so just kind of like navigating those hard lessons and difficult times. And I just feel like even overall, when you get into real estate, when you're used to working at a job and then you leave that job and you go out on your own to do your own business, just navigating that whole transition is very difficult. I think any entrepreneur goes through that. You're coming from working with the same people day in and day out and having all this camaraderie and like friends and stuff to working on your own in your own business. And it just kind of at times gets very lonely. So you have to make an effort to like get out there, network, meet people who are into the same stuff you're into because you'll lose, you will lose friends and then have to gain new friends. But there's kind of like this awkward space in between while that's happening. What do you think has been the biggest contributor to your success so far? I am super ambitious and driven and obsessed. I feel like someone asked me the other day, what do you think it takes to like be successful in this business? I'm like, you have to become obsessed. And if you're not obsessed with it, then you probably don't love it. And it might not be for you. And I don't mean loving houses. I just mean, I'm very driven to like keep growing well so I can keep helping people and I can keep teaching other people how to grow well. And that drives me every day. Like it sounds weird to some people, but I think about like, I want my parents to be taken care of and my husband's parents to be taken care of. And then, okay, outside of my parents, my siblings and outside of my siblings, my extended family and outside of my extended family, I'm always kind of like, what if, what if, what if, what if I have to be able to take care of these people And I have to be able to teach these people how to grow well so that they're not dependent upon anybody else. So I think I'm just constantly driven by that. Yeah, I'm very driven. In order to build wealth, especially today, if someone's looking to get started in it, what are some of the first couple of steps that they should be taking or at least starting to consider as they're looking to maybe go down the real estate path and build up their wealth? And at least down the road, have that option of being able to do what you've been able to do. Yeah, I think, you know, when I started, I had no clue at all. And I was a young mom. So I was in school, working full time, taking care of my son. Like I was on welfare on food stamps. I like had nothing. I didn't have two pennies to rub together. So, but I had like this desire to learn. You have to have like a desire to learn. And even now I'm like, I have a desire to learn. Like I'll sign up for multifamily events or private money events, or even like a flipping event. And my flip business is kind of like on autopilot, but I'll go because everything I go to, I pick up something and learn something. So you have to have a desire to learn. If you can hire a coach, hire a coach. I will never, ever go without a coach or a mentor ever again. I think looking back on my years, I've been in real estate, 
the most regret I have is not having a coach every single minute of every day of my career. There were times I couldn't afford one. There were times I just didn't have one for some reason. I feel like that really slowed me down and helped me back. You need to be around people that can think bigger. And that's usually what a coach will provide for you is that environment to get around those people that think bigger. But if you cannot afford a coach, you can get that these days from podcasts and books and Audible. And it's not like you wake up every day and you're like, I, at least I don't. I mean, maybe some people do like, I can't wait to listen to my real estate podcast or my Audible books or this or that. Some days I wake up, I'm like, I just want to jam out to my music and I don't want to listen to that stuff. But if you get into a habit and a routine of listening to it, you're going to get into a habit and a routine of growing your mindset and learning more and more, which is going to help you grow wealth until you can get to the point that you can afford to have a coach. And then you'll have all these habits you're doing, plus you'll have a coach. And it's like the compound effect. Everything just starts to like layer on top of each other. Next thing you know, you're looking back and you're like, oh, I think I can retire from my job today. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your next focus, April? So um, my word of the year is impact. So I'm super into impact investing. So we flip houses. I own small multi. I invest passively in the syndications. I co-GP sometimes on syndications. We bought a mobile home park recently. And my word is really just impact. I really want to do projects now that like have a great positive impact on communities. So like the mobile home park, as simple as it sounds, there's tons of people that buy mobile home parks. But we bought the mobile home park. It's small to baby parks, like 22 pads. But we went there and sat down with every single tenant because we had to do rent raises because it was a mom and pop owner. They had never raised rents. They were super low. And you're dealing with tenants that don't make a ton of income. So it's difficult to go to them and say, like, your rent's going to go up by $125 a month. So I didn't want to just do that. I'm like, how can I have a positive impact on these people's lives? while still giving them a clean, safe place to live. So when we met with each tenant, I kind of just went down the list of them with them. Like, yes, your rent is going up, but I want to make sure that you have the means to pay it. So how are you currently paying for your food? Can we help you apply for rental assistance or food stamps? Or sometimes we're like, no, I don't need any help. Like, I don't care. $125 is, it's fine. I'm shocked you didn't raise it by 300. Like we had tenants that said that to us. Like, you know, you could have raised this by like 300 a month. And we're like, yeah, we don't want to do that. (laughs) And then we had some residents where you tell them 125 and that's devastating to them a month. And we do it slowly over time. So it's not like we're hitting them all at once. But just being able to sit down with them and have conversations about how can we help you, okay? We understand this is happening, but how can we help you keep you in a clean, affordable place to live and make sure that you're not stressed about making ends meet? I will literally sit down with a resident and go over their budget with them if they want. We gave them applications for a Section 8 if they felt they needed it. We gave them the phone number to the local food bank if they needed it just a lot of free resources. So really my focus is doing projects like that, where I feel like I can have the time to like really impact people's lives. Yeah. And then when you're doing that, it's, you're seeing the direct impact of what you're doing and how you can directly impact the people that you are housing, your, your neighbors and the people who are, who are living in your place. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. 
interesting when someone's stressed out, because I've been there when you're stressed out and you don't even know how you're going to pay for your groceries. Mm. It's just like this vicious cycle you get stuck in. So to be able to even say to someone, Hey, did you know the food bank does free food pickup and you don't have to qualify. And it's on this date, this date, and this day of the week, feel free to go down. That will help you with your grocery bill. And to see them be like, I never knew that. And you can literally see the weight lifting off their shoulders. Like, wow, that now I'm not stressed about where my food is going to come from. And therefore they can be a better mother or father or sister or friend because they don't have that stress weighing them down. Yeah. For you, April, how has real estate investing impacted your life? Yeah. It's just completely changed my life completely. Like, I mean, I had no financial education to me. I was going to work my whole life and retire and be dependent on a pension or something. I'm just so thankful. I picked up that book that day because I went from like being a teenage mom, being on welfare to retiring from my career at 35 to jumping into a career at real estate to now literally every day I probably wake up and say, I mean, we took a year and a half and traveled around the United States in our RV last year. And then I wake up every day and just say to my husband, we are so blessed that we don't, we don't worry about where our groceries are going to come from or where like a car payment is going to come from or this or that, because we have these cash flowing properties. And because I don't have that stress now I can reach my hand down and help lift other people up. And you can buy all the buildings in the world and it's not going to fulfill you. But when you can like look back and say, look how many people's lives I've changed because I got myself mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially to a way better place and all the lives you can change from that, that is more fulfilling than anything, than any piece of real estate will ever be. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. It it really is. It's it's why you're being able to do this. Real estate is really a tool to help you achieve your goals and to be yes. able to help other people, help yourself, help your family. It's 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 really a, if you can utilize this great tool and follow in other people's footsteps, learn what other people are doing. It's very very powerful. Yes, agree. So, April, if there was one thing that you know, know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started, what would that be? That's a great question. So now <laughs> I wish I would have been able to think bigger about partnering with people. When I first started, even though I did a JV in the beginning on my first flip, then I had some private money and I kind of went down this avenue of being a solopreneur for a while and flipping and buying my own small multifamily. And it wasn't until someone started talking and teaching about syndications and partnering that it really opened up just like a whole new world to me. And I was like, even in my flipping business, I was like, if I would have a business partner, I wouldn't have to do all this on my own. And if I could buy multifamily in partnership, I could have people with different strengths than me that we could do this even a hundred times better than I can do it alone. But I, it wasn't that I was like, ew, I don't want to partner. I just couldn't even think big enough to think someone would want to work with me or that I could partner. So I wish I would have known or have been able to think big enough to see that partnering will get me somewhere so much faster than doing things on my own. I spent way too many years doing things on my own. Yeah. How did you switch your mindset from going to, why would somebody ever partner with me to, yes, you should partner with me? 
Yeah. I was like having a breakdown at lunch with a friend one day who was also in real estate. I was literally almost on the verge of tears. I'm like, I'm quitting. I'm quitting real estate. I'm going back. I was so stressed. I'm like, everyone talks about financial freedom. I'm like, that is a joke. There is no freedom. (laughs) There is no freedom in this. I'm like, I don't understand why people say that. So I am like pouring my heart and soul out because you ever have one of those days, you're just at your wits end. I'm like, I don't care what I say. I'm just going to be brutally honest. And I'm pouring my heart and soul out. And she just looks at me and she's like, you don't need to quit. And I didn't know where I was going to go because I gave up my healthcare license when I retired, like didn't renew it. And you can't get that back. That's hard. So she was like, you don't need to quit. You need to learn how to do it better. And I was like, you know, just in a bad mood. So I'm like, mm-hmm. and she's like, you should hire a coach that can teach you how to like get out of your business. So I interviewed a bunch of coaches. I hired a coach and the first day, the first meeting I went to that coach was like, what are you doing? You're doing this by yourself. And I was like, why wouldn't I do it by myself? And he's like, why wouldn't you partner with someone that can help you with this, 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 and this. And I was like, I don't know. I never thought of that. And he's like, who do you know? That's like in your circles. Now you could partner with. And I knew someone instantly, like instantly, but I never connected the dots. I guess I'm like a little slow when it comes to that. I'm not sure. As soon as I connected the dots, I literally, before I was on the plane, flying back home from that meeting, I was calling this person being like, I need to have lunch with you. I need to meet with you. Like, I want to partner with you and you don't have to say yes, but I really need to meet. So it was having a coach. It's just being around people who are at a higher level than you that already are thinking bigger and can show you like, Hey, look, if you think of it this way, you can still make great money, but scale so much faster. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times as entrepreneurs, we're in the weeds of it. We're in the thick of it. And so our heads are down, just focusing on what our goal is and just trying to get through it. But by having a coach, a lot of times what happens is that they'll be able to see the bigger picture. They're going to be seeing the areas that you're not seeing in your business. And like, even like the best athletes out there, the best singers, actors, they all have coaches to help tweak and to refine their skill sets. And this is the same type of example. Yes, exactly. So April, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your experiences with us. And if our listeners wanted to learn more about your incredible story and what you're doing in this space, where's the best place that they can go? Yeah, they can check out my website. It's aprilcrosley.us and they can follow me on YouTube. It's April Crosley. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, April. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. 
Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.